BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. It's The mark of fantasy excellence. It's caught for a touchdown. You are now tuned in to the Roto experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. And welcome back to our number three of Proto Experts in the morning on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Joe Galina, along with George Kurtz, Sean Angle producing our show. So, George, what's going on? Have you uh, been involved in any uh, fantasy baseball drafts as of yet, doing your mocks? Where do you stand in terms of your uh, fantasy baseball preparation at this stage? Well, I've done a bunch of mocks. I've done one live draft for uh, SiriusXM. I have my home mm-hmm. league on Wednesday that I'm looking forward to, and uh, another league uh, through Road to Wire. I think is uh I forget which it might be I think it's Thursday Thursday and that's a uh, that's a big league that league is eight, 18 teams 40 man rosters uh it's wild and uh I'll have that as well so this will be a busy week for me as far as drafts are concerned I'll have several other drafts in the last uh, two weeks before the uh, well I don't want to say with the regular season starts because technically the regular season does start on the twentieth. That's when mm, they're playing yes. in Japan, Oakland, and Seattle. But I do have some drafts that are happening after that, uh, like 26th, 27th, before the, uh, I guess, the mainstream opening day happens. So uh, people have to remember that. Season starts actually on the 20th. Uh, Oakland, Seattle will play in uh, Japan. I think Ichiro is going to be active for those two games, and then I think he'll retire after that. Well, maybe maybe Seattle keeps him around because they're going to be a terrible team too. Uh, but uh, yeah, I have some drafts going on. There's a keeper dead. I have a lot of keeper deadlines. I know that's coming up. I got to hand in my keepers as for uh, what leagues I'm going to keep certain players in. I prefer keeper leagues. I think uh, they add a little bit more strategy to your draft than at the trade deadline the year before. You can't trade certain guys because you want to keep them. So I like keeper mm-hmm. leagues. Uh, more than I uh, like redraft leagues, although I play in plenty of redraft leagues as well. There you go. All right. Yeah, I've got uh, three drafts coming up. Just completed the uh, TGFBI draft, uh, and uh, th- that was a 15-team league challenging draft. But uh, last uh, segment, I had uh, started 
talking about uh, the uh, younger stars in, in fantasy baseball. The two biggest names, uh, Vlad Guerrero, Eloy Jimenez. Now, Guerrero, we've been talking about him, seems like forever. Uh, and uh, looks like he's going to start the season in the minor leagues. But going in drafts, depending on your draft, in the 15-teamers, uh, maybe third round, uh, 12-teamers, maybe fourth, maybe fifth round, uh, Eloy Jim- uh, Jimenez, you could probably get him, what, eighth, ninth round? Of the two, I know one's a third baseman, one's an outfielder. I'm thinking that both might start uh, the season in the minor leagues. Uh, Jimenez having a little bit of a, a difficulty in spring training, and his numbers aren't that great. Uh, last I checked, yeah, he was batting about a uh, buck thirty so far this spring. But uh, two uh, prospects that are considered almost can't miss if there is such a thing. But of the two. Uh, is there one of the two that you really are focused on uh, in uh, drafting in some of your, uh, your your leagues, upcoming leagues? Yeah, they're both going to start the season in the, in the minor leagues. It's all about, once again, delaying the free agent and arbitration dates. It's really what it's all about mm-hmm. here. So you're not going to see either one until mid-April at the earliest. And that mm-hmm. alone makes me, well, I'm not spending a third-round pick on Vladimir Guerrero. I'm just not. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like you're getting a five-tool player here. He can't run. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's seen this man, he has the biggest backside I think I've ever seen on a player. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, there's no way he's going to be a third baseman full-time. Uh, this mm-hmm. season, sure. Obviously, next season, you'll get the eligibility. But after that, I expect he'll be a first baseman, DH. You know, they're going to have to move him. He just, he's not going to be able to move at third base. He's not in shape, which is scary for 20, was it 21? Uh, really scary. Uh, he can hit, though. <laughs> there's no doubt he can hit. Would it surprise me if he hits 30-plus home runs this year? I think if he played 162, he might hit 40. And he has that mm-hmm. kind of ability. You know, obviously, it's a genes. His dad had it, and he has it as well. Uh, but he's not going to steal bases for you. Toronto's a bad team. So I don't know how many RBIs you can truly expect from him. Uh, runs could be an issue as well. Once again, guy can't run. So uh, he'll be up mid-April. I think he'll play about 140 games, and you go from there. But I'm not spending a third-round pick on him. That's just not happening. But that's me. I'm a conservative drafter. With my first couple of picks, generally first four or five picks, I'm not taking chances on guys. And Guerrero's a chance. One, we're assuming he mm-hmm. comes up mid-April. You know, what if he's not playing well? They start to hold him down even longer. You, know, you never know what these teams are going to do here as far as uh, with the service time manipulation, which really uh, you hope they fix in the next CBA. For the love of God, fix mm-hmm. that. And Jimenez, you already said it. Uh, they have the ready-made excuse. He's only about 130, so okay, we, we could send him down. What if he doesn't hit the minors either? Does that maybe make, make, make him think, hey, uh, maybe another couple of weeks, maybe another month. You know, maybe he needs another 100 at-bats down there, whatever it might be. That being said, both players, as far as just performance, deserve to be up last year. So they're ready for the major leagues. They really have nothing left to prove at AAA. They don't. It's just a matter of when these teams want to, okay, now we got him for the extra year, we'll bring him up. Now he won't be a super two, we'll bring him up. That sort of thing here. I think as far as both, I expect, I certainly expect Guerrero to be up as soon as mid-April. Jimenez is the guy right. who worries me a little bit more because if he doesn't start to hit a little bit, and like I said, he does have the same problem in the minor leagues, maybe they do hold him down a little longer. But I think that's also why, as you said, his ADPs, you know, two, three times as as late, you can get around eight, nine. Maybe it goes around to double digits uh, as our drafts keep going on here. I think both hit. I think both guys you're talking to, they play in great hitters' parks. You know, Toronto, the ball flies out to all field. Chicago, once it warms up, same thing. They're, uh, they're two small ballparks there. I like both players, but odds are, Joe, I don't have any yet. And I, in the mocks either, mm-hmm. I didn't draft either one because I won't do them early. I don't expect. Right. I mean, maybe if, if I play in eight, nine leagues, I might have uh, one share of each. I think that's the most you'll see from me. 
All right. Uh, Nationals uh, outfielders at this stage. Uh, Soto, uh, Juan Soto coming back. Uh, had a very nice uh, inaugural season. 292 batting average, 22 home runs, uh, a little over 400 at-bats. But now we have uh, Victor Robles coming in. And uh, when you look at his ADP, it uh, looks like he's going in uh, uh, 102 is his overall ADP. So it puts him, you know, right around, I guess, around, I don't know, 12 or so. Uh, how confident are you in a Victor Robles in terms of uh, compare him to maybe uh, a Jimenez? Well, remember, uh, Victor was the higher higher prospect than Juan Soto. The reason mm-hmm. Soto came up last year and Robles didn't, right, because Robles had the injury. Mm-hmm. So Soto got the right. chance, obviously excelled at it. So you can look at it that way. The bad news is we're hearing he's going to bat eighth. Eighth. Why you would do that to a top prospect is beyond me. I mean, really beyond me because you know teams are not going to pitch to him a lot. You know, two outs, I mean, he's going to get walked so they can face the pitcher. You know, so I, I hate that. Uh, a lot of some of his value, I don't want to say a lot of his value, but some of his value is in the fact that he can run. Well, yes. once again, if you're batting eighth, you're not going to run. They're not going to want you to get thrown out in front of the pitcher and have the pitcher lead off. So I, I hate the fact that he's going to. I mean, I don't think it would be all season, mind you. You know, but I don't know how long it'll be half a season, quarter, third. We don't know how long it'll be. So I think that depresses his value to me. Plus, listen, Washington's not a good hitter's park. It's a pitcher's ballpark. So that's concerning as well. That'll keep his numbers down here. Plus, he's a rookie. He's going to have, a, have to make adjustments. What happens? So once again, I, I'll be scared away. It's double-digit rounds for me before I'll think about it, and I expect someone else to you know, go on the bandwagon. What, I, I'm, once again, I'm talking about redraft leagues here. If you're talking about a keeper at Dynasty League, it's a little different. Because I, I can keep him forever here. I might rethink some of this. But as far as a redraft league, you're not going to see me once again with Victor Robles on my team, on many of my teams, if any, because I won't take him around seven and hope for the best. You know, I, mm-hmm. I want guys who I know what they're going to do. I only, I only go for hope, Joe, when, oh, my God, everything went wrong. I keep getting sniped. You know, I'm on the wrong end of runs here. I got to start taking some upside guys. And that, to me, is what Robles is. That's what Guerrero is, too. You know, Jimenez, I like to be able to look on the, uh, you know, go online here, look at a guy's stats and go, hey, all right, he's pretty much three, four years. He averages 28 home runs, you know, drives in 92 runs, steals eight, whatever it might be. I can go, okay, this is about what he's going to do. I can pencil him in for that. But with these guys, you know, the youngsters, you, you have no idea. You can't translate mm-hmm. their minor league numbers to the majors. It's just not the same thing. He's going to bat eighth for a while. There's too many chances for me. If the value's there, if he goes where I think he should go, fine. But once again, so many owners like the young players. They like the shiny new toys because they haven't failed yet. Right? They haven't failed. They haven't, they haven't pissed any owners off. They haven't cost an owner a league. So they'll take right. a, a shiny young new toy, and they'll take them, in my mind, round. Not a round. Rounds earlier than they probably mm-hmm. should. A young guy that you could take in the later rounds, and uh, this gives us an opportunity to talk a little bit about the uh, Reds outfield. Jesse Winker, if you look at his ADP, uh, put him like, let's say, uh, around 17th round of uh, a 12-team league. His ADP is uh, just about 199 or so, according to NFBC. Uh, Winker, uh, in limited play, 
has had a pretty decent batting average for the Reds past couple seasons, uh, 400 at-bats, 299. And then you look uh, at the rest of this outfield. Uh, he's penciled in as their starting uh, second baseman. They have a crowded outfield right now. The uh, Matt Kemp uh, is there. Uh, they traded for uh, Puig, Yasiel Puig, who's penciled in as their starting right fielder. Uh, Nick Senzel, standout prospect, uh, originally was a second baseman. Uh, then it uh, looks like they had wanted to try to get him to play center field. Scott Schebler is still in the mix, a guy that uh, probably won't hit for high average, but has an opportunity to hit upwards of, you know, upper 20s home run, maybe even 30 or so. Uh, where do you stand in terms of this Reds outfield? Uh, talk to me a little bit first uh, about your uh, thoughts on Jesse Winker. Well, it's going to be hard for me to buy into him because you can make an argument that their starting outfield is Kemp, Stenzel, and Puig. What does that put him in? Best case scenario, was it a timeshare with Kemp? You know, righty-lefty thing going on? Which, granted, would give him the better part of that timeshare because he's the lefty. You'll face more right-handers. Uh, so that you could look at it that way. But I'm not going to bank on this. You know, I think that, listen, I think the kid probably deserves to play. You know, I think they took on Kemp because, once again, you got a good deal there. She didn't want to take it on the salary. But what's going to, it comes to what's going to happen with Matt Kemp? Uh, is he just going to bench him? Are you not you're going to play Winker full time? I have a hard time seeing that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I have an incredibly hard time. What if Winker gets off to a slow start and Kemp doesn't? Then Kemp's going to play more. He's the veteran who's done it before, which most managers like. And, you know, we complain about Kemp a lot. But last year, 21 home runs, 85 RBIs, he batted 290. I yeah. mean, that's, that's, those are solid numbers. Not great by any means, but they're solid numbers. And he, you, theoretically, mm-hmm. he should do better in Cincinnati. It's a bandbox of a ballpark, so the home runs sh- should certainly go up. If you're worried about his defense, well, it's a bandbox of a ballpark, not anywhere near as much ground to cover. So that should help him out because, granted, he's generally not in the greatest of shape. So, uh, like I said, I, it's going to be hard for me to trust Winker in anything but the later rounds. You know, take a shot on him, a flyer on him. Uh, once I keep a dynasty league, it's a little different because Kemp won't be around there forever. I might feel differently here, even though Winker's, what, I wouldn't call him a top prospect, but he's a prospect. Uh, but one, they have, right now, too, you mentioned Shebler, too. He's going to get some playing time. Too many cooks in the mm-hmm. kitchen here for me. I won't be taking Winker unless like, so the value's there late. And by late, I mean post-round 12. All right. Uh, let's take a quick look at the Rockies uh, and uh, – David Dahl, penciled in as the starting left fielder there. Here's a guy, a lot of talent, just has been derailed over his career with some injuries. Uh, having, a, I guess, a, a decent spring, batting 280, but a guy that could give you uh, home run power, has shown that he could steal a base uh, in terms of his minor league career. But a lot of moving parts in that Rockies uh, roster when you look at it, right? Like I said, he's penciled in as a starting left fielder. You have Ian Desmond uh, going to be uh, there. Their uh, center fielder. Yeah, you still got uh, Rymel Tapia, uh, talented uh, outfielder there. And then uh, the whole situation with uh, Ryan McMahon uh, and Hampson fighting for playing time at second base. Both of them uh, putting up good numbers in the spring. Uh, talk to me first about uh, David Dahl. Do you take a chance on him uh, this year and, and, and hope that he could give you the, the four or 500 at bats and stay healthy? Because he's got the skill set. I truly don't understand how the Rockies go about things. I don't. I mean, you sign Daniel Murphy, you don't need him. Hampson could have played second, mm-hmm. leave McMahon alone at first. All right, you, you signed Ian Desmond, you didn't need him. You know, now you, you play him in center field? 
boy, uh, how's that going to work out for you? The way I look at it, I think Dahl, Desmond, and Tapia, that's three guys for two spots. You know, mm-hmm. I think they may do some kind of rotation there. You know, I don't know if Desmond can handle that full-time center field job. And if and when he proves he can't, that's a problem. He's not going to – Blackman's who's playing every day and right, so we're not worried about that. So it's really Dahl – it could end up being Dahl and Desmond in left. Or Dahl could end up losing playing time here. I, listen, I like Dahl. I think, I think they should leave him the hell alone, just like they should leave McMahon alone. Let this man play. Mm-hmm. Let him and see what damage he can do here. But I'm not, I don't think they're going to do that. I think they think they think about things backwards. You know, I said I would have never spent the money on Desmond. We would have never spent the money on Murphy. Go out the pitching. It's what you need here. Your hitters come. They're easier to find here. You seem to be trying to force these. Uh, the top, you could be a fine center fielder. The dollars should be left alone and left. So I'm a little bit worried about playing time here. But I'm not shying away from him. It is Colorado. The ball obviously travels there better. But once again... I, I just I think there's going to be an issue here. And Dahl is another guy, you know, Joe, he hasn't proven it yet. We know he can hit. Right. We, we've seen it in stints and short spurts, but he hasn't done it yet over a long period of time. So it's hard for me to pull that trigger on him. I mean, last year, 16 home runs, 48 RBIs, better 273, 249 at-bats. That's fantastic. You know, you prorate mm-hmm. that. That's 30-plus home runs, over 100 RBIs. And we like that. And he might even steal double-digit bases for you. That's extremely valuable. You want that. But I just don't know if he's ever going to get those 600 at-bats. I can see 450 at-bats, you know, somewhere around there. Where he plays two-thirds of the time, which, once again, two, mm-hmm. uh, you know, three outfields for two spots. He played two-thirds of the time. That's sort of what I'm seeing here. So I think I have to adjust my – I have to prorate my numbers for two-thirds playing time, not a full-time job. Right. Uh, by the way, Dal going just about the sixth round in 12-team leagues as per his NFBC ADP. Uh, as we head out to commercial – uh, any of these uh, two guys here, uh, the Padres uh, outfield uh, that you would think might get a chance uh, to win a job, uh, Fran Mill Reyes and Franchi Cordero. I mean, right now that outfield is looking like it's going to be Will Myers. Uh, looks like in center field they're going to give uh, Manny Margot another shot. And I think the, the, the guy that I like the best is Hunter Renfro to, to get the most at-bats out of there. <laughs> but trying to trade for uh, Renfro in a, in a league, and I can't, I can't get the other mm. pull with trigger. I tried. Mm-hmm. I tried Had a very nice hard. second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's a, I think he's a buy low guy. I really think he's a buy mm-hmm. low yeah. guy. But uh, once again, the owner obviously believes in him too, so I can't uh, have any able to pry him loose. Though I, I, said, I keep trying, Joe. Uh, I think Will Myers is a failed outfield. He doesn't want to play the outfield. He wants to play the infield. So we'll see how that works out. I have hope in all of them. But then again, they were interested in Harper, which means I'm not so sure the Padres have hope in all of them. Good point, good point. When we come back, continue talking some fantasy baseball. Look for power, speed, late in drafts. We have some names for you. You're listening to Roto Experts in the morning. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. the scorpions rock you like a hurricane 
We're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Roto experts in the morning, Joe Glenn and George Kurtz. Sean Angle producing our show. I really like the Scorpions. I don't know. Were they one of your uh, bands in the 80s there? Were the hair bands yeah, one for of the you? First con- one of the first concerts I saw was Scorpions at the, the Nassau Coliseum. I wouldn't put them as one of my bands, no. I mean, I don't mind them. Mm-hmm. I like Hurricanes and yeah. Cartoon. I know I have the greatest hit CD somewhere, but uh, they wouldn't be in my top 25. Yeah. I, I actually like them a lot. Uh, I was just looking. They're uh, going to be touring in Europe if you want to go. Uh, they'll be uh, in Germany and Portugal and France, June and July, if uh, you know you could swing it. So I'm not going. No, all right. No, uh, <laughs> no, can't swing it anyway. But uh, no, 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 not happening. All right. Uh, just throwing it out there. Um, all right, so we were talking uh, fantasy baseball, talking some of the younger players in the last segment. I, I wanted to touch upon, I was taking a look, you know, just for uh, late round value. Uh, and I, I, I basically what I used the uh, steamer projections to find uh, some guys that could, uh, you could get that, uh, give you some power numbers and then some steals. Not necessarily both, not one player giving you both, but some, some names that, uh, I mean, steals are s- such a premium still, right? But uh, steamer uh, projections are used by uh, the Fangraphs website, a very good resource uh, for you to use. And you know what, Fangraphs, uh, you know, I signed as a membership, whatever, and it's a small fee to become a member, and you get ad-free uh, experience on their website because if you don't, then it's, it really slows you down. I've been trying to my, I guess my my uh, membership ran out, and it says, do you want to renew? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep on clicking the link, and I, it won't take me to the link. So I got to figure out how to do that because uh, Fangraphs a really great resource. But George, when when you're dealing with all those ads, at the and then the, the the when you're not officially a member it really slows you down oh you're absolutely right my guess is you should contact them and find it because that, that's weird that the uh, link doesn't work to renew so yeah, the yeah. blood of uh, the business here you exactly want that. yeah hopefully it's not <laughs> so, hopefully it's just me and not everybody else <laughs> because uh, yeah but uh yeah so, uh, yeah, so like I said, I was looking at these steamer projections, and uh, we'll just take a look at a few of these names. And, and look, we're talking 15th round or later in 12-team drafts, so a lot of these players are going to have their flaws. Uh, but, hey, by, by round 15, you probably have a, you know, a lot of your uh, ducks in, in a row, we'll say, in terms of uh, you know, putting your team together. But uh, the first guy, uh, let's take a look at C.J. Crone for the Twins. Um, Steamer projects him to have a 261 batting average, 24 home runs, 75 RBI, uh, 30 home runs last year. Uh, you know, it started out his career, I believe, with the Angels. Then he was with the Rays last year. But, uh, yeah, I, I think if this guy gets his 500 at-bats, uh, good mid-20 home run range. What are your thoughts on uh, C.J. Crone? <laughs> it's funny. I was just over the trade for him last night uh, that I turned down. Really? In that, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I was offered uh, – they went to William Contreras. Not Wilson. William Contreras. Mm-hmm. Minor league at Will, Wilson's brother. Catcher for the Braves there. And uh, I mm-hmm. turned it down. I just wasn't uh, – my problem with Crone is the, the power is legit. I think we know that. The, mm-hmm. man, the man can hit. He's got plenty of, uh, plenty of pop. A lot of guys mm-hmm. there, though. Crone, Tyler Austin, Lucas Duda. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of guys who could do the same thing there. I think at, at, at the very least, he might be in a, uh, once again a timeshare with Duda. Righty-lefty mm-hmm. thing. Once again, he'd be on the wrong side of that. 
because he's the righty. So we'll let you and Mike play more. What are you going to do with Tyler Ralston? You send him back down? You know, he's not going to play DH. You got Nelson Cruz. So that's where I turn the deal down. I'm worried about playing time. You know, even though I don't, I don't think William Contreras is anything big as far as a catcher in the Braves system. I think he's a, he's a decent prospect. And he might be a number one catcher, but he won't be. He's not going to be Gary Sanchez or Real Muto or someone like that. He's not. I'm not even sure he'll be mm-hmm. or something. I don't think he'll be. He has, he has no power. You know, he's, I don't know. Fantasy-wise, I don't know where uh, he'll truly help you other than average uh, a number two catcher in two catcher leagues. By the way, I think all fantasy leagues go to one catcher. I think two catcher leagues is become idiotic, especially in only leagues. Then you're really <laughs> nuts. All right, we, come on. What are there? Seven, eight catchers total in baseball we like? I mean, now you got a, you know, a 15 team league, you need 30. That's a joke. That's just a joke. So, uh, yeah, and a two teamer, you, you're punting, you're punting that's at least that second, uh, that catching. Yeah, you position. punt both. Mm. Yeah, unless you go early. And I don't like to go early on catchers. Uh, I hate catchers. Yeah. Hate so, yeah. hate them. Right up there with kickers. <laughs> Justin Smoke uh, for the Blue Jays. Uh, his ADP is uh, 235. Uh, again, another a guy that in a 12-team league, uh, get him after the 15th round. Uh, look, that, that 2017 season where he batted uh, 270, 38 homers, uh, that, that's an outlier. But uh, last year, uh, batting average was uh, 242, 25 home runs. And uh, Steamer predicts another 26 home runs and 80 uh, runs batted in, 239 batting average. Uh, you know, again, a lot of these players that I'm going to mention do have some flaws, but uh, you know the 25 plus home run potentials there. I'm a little worried about Rowdy Telez uh, eventually uh, taking some of his at bats. But what are your thoughts about Justin Smoke for the Blue Jays? Well, listen, he's being drafted late. All right, so obviously he's drafting mm-hmm. somebody this late. They have some holes. All right, and his holds is the average. Obviously, he could come with an average that hurts you. Uh, I mean, I if he was batting 260, which technically would still hurt you, but you could live with it. You know, you have guys that offset that. It's a 235 he might come with because the home runs for a corner infielder or DH, utility player, are fine. You'll take up a 20, mm-hmm. 28, 29 home runs. You'll take that. You know, the RBIs, well, it depends on who gets on base in front of it, but the power should be there. So as a corner infielder, I like him, but that average is a concern. He's not mm-hmm. someone I will draft late unless I have, you know, two plays who can offset that average. And I may not have that. You know, it's tough to draft guys like this because he's pretty much a one-category guy. That's the power, which we need. But generally, we need average more. Average is very tough to quantify because it's tough to keep track of during the draft. You know, what I do during drafts, Joe, is this. I, uh, with all the counting categories, I know how much it'll take to win that category. You know, let's mm-hmm. just say uh, you, know, you, you play in your home league for 30 years. Just take the past five years. Do an average. Okay, the average of the past five years, it takes 290 home runs to win my home league. Well, then you got Justin Smoke. Okay, that's 28 home runs. Yeah, it's what you pen- be honest be with yourself. Be reasonable. You think he's going to hit 28? Sure. Okay, now you, need 200, now you need 262 to win that category. And you can do that with all the counting categories. You know, home runs, RBIs, runs, uh, stolen bases, uh, wins, strikeouts, uh, and saves. Right, it's the ratios that are harder to quantify, mainly because they're harder to do the average during the uh, during a draft. You know, unless you have, mm-hmm. you know, you're spending three minutes per pick, you'll be fine. But if you're doing under a minute per pick, you don't have a lot of time to keep doing the average, the ratios. You know, the, those are much tougher unless you can do it in your head or get a, a good idea of what you're where you're at in your head. So that's what I mean about that. Well, that's also what you can do for averages. Is what I tend to do is I believe uh, once again you got to figure it out in your league. But the, the league average of fantasy is generally around two sixty eight. So if mm-hmm. I draft, you know, if I draft uh, Smoke, who I expect about 239, why well, I'm now minus 29 in that category. 
And right. now I, I need to make that up, which means I need to draft somebody 297 or, you know, two guys who've had 13 points above whatever. You got to keep doing that. And it's hard to make that because not too many guys bat for a high average nowadays. You know, everything's all about power. So you draft two right. or three guys that are going to bat 245, it puts you in a hole. It just puts you in a hole. So you can be very careful. But that's also why I do the uh, the breakdown of my uh, of the counting categories. If it takes 290 home runs to win my home run category, I don't need to draft 410. I've gone overboard. You know, that, that's why you got to be very careful. I don't need to draft another home run guy. If I already have 330 home runs, I better go find an average guy. It's hard for us to do that sometimes because we look at that average guy or that stolen base guy as a lesser player. And that's, right. how, that's how you play the game right. wrong. Then go play in a points league. If that's what you want to do, play in a points league. You know, but if you're playing in a rotisserie league, you have to learn you need to draft a team. Not just the best players, a team. And that's what I think that's where uh, so many of us screw it up. You know, you around whatever, around 14, Billy Hamilton's there. That's your stolen bases. You draft him, but it's also going to come with a uh, hit to your average. You've been in no damn well that, yes, the points that he gets me in stolen bases will more than make up the points I lose in average. Then you know, it's a net plus. You do what you have to do. That's why uh, it's a tricky game. If you're playing it right, it's a tricky game in rotisserie. If you don't want to do that, you know, if you want to, don't want to, you just want to draft the best players, play in a points league. Then you just draft, draft all your home run guys. Draft all your RBI guys. It's, it's an easier game to play at points than it is a uh, rotisserie league. Yep. Similar to you, uh, I was involved in a couple of 15-teamers, kind of uh, took a look at what it the the better teams, the, the first-place teams, uh, what their end numbers were. And uh, like you, in terms of my drafts, I try to keep track. But you're, you're right, batting average is a little tougher to, to project. But, you know, you, you could do that with your counting stats with the, the home runs and the stolen bases and, and whatnot. But that's definitely uh, a good way to handle your uh, – good draft strategy It all depends on how serious you want to be about it. You know, if you're in a fun home league, mm-hmm. hey, do what you want to do. But if you're in a money yeah. league, you know, and, and listen, I mean, I know people will find any excuse. Well, this is a first year league. We can't do that. Sure, you can. You can go online, you can find out what the average is of most leagues, of most mm-hmm. 12 team leagues with these categories. You can do it. Do you want to put the work yeah. in or not? You know, if you're in an auction league, you should have a, a dollar amount next to every player that you believe you should go for. And if you don't want to do the work yourself, you can print one out. There are plenty of places you can go online, you can print one out, and it'll yes. give you an idea of how, how an auction. Every auction is different, mind you. You know, if, if we throw, you know, if I'm in a league with Joe Galini, he throws out, uh, you know, Justin Smoke first, well, that might throw off his price a little bit that where Justin Smoke was throwing out 285th. You know, right. the price is a little different there. So auctions are a little tougher, but you'll get an idea of how much a player should go for. Uh, you know, it's like I said, there's, there's so many things you can do depending on how serious you want to be about the league and how much you really want to win the league. You know, like I said, your home league, fun with the guys. There's no money prize. You know what? You mean, the loser has to do something stupid. The winner gets a trophy. Hey, do what you want. Yeah, really, do what you want. I would, I still take those seriously, but I admit my home league, I don't do quite as much work either, mainly because I assume, you know, doing what I do, that's just all I do. I should know what I'm doing. I, I, yeah, I know better than these guys anyway. <laughs> so, uh, right. but if I'm playing a league with other, you know, people who know what they're doing, it's a little different. I know I got to really work at it. These guys aren't going to make any mistakes. They're not going to be drafting their favorite team's players. You know, in my home league there, I have Yankee fans, and I know Yankees are going to go earlier than they should. You know, I'm not talking about Judge and Stanton, but other Yankees will go earlier than they should because we have Yankee fans and they're going to love their players. We have Met right. fans. They're going to love their players. Yeah, you know, it's not the way you should draft, but once again, fantasy should be fun. <laughs> so if that's if you want all, all your favorite players, hey, go for it. And the opposite holds true, too. You and I are Yankee fans. Doesn't mean Joe Gleaner and, and I aren't taking Red Sox players. 
If they're the best player on the right. board, I'll take my Red Sox players. But I know damn well in my home league, there'll be guys who won't because they hate the Red Sox or they hate the Phillies. So in Bryce Harper, no, no, no. We, we, we can't have Bryce Harper on our team because we can't root for him. It's it's funny how it works. It, it makes me laugh during the draft. And my, my home league's a money league. It's going to cost us, at the end of the year, about $200 a piece. Yet these guys aren't drafting certain players because they hate that team. Mm, I'll take your money. Can't Fine. do that. Yeah, uh, I took uh, J.D. Martinez uh, overall pick number 12, uh, which I thought was a bargain in TGFBI. So, yeah, I'll take a I'll take a, uh, a Red Sox player as a Yankee fan. I even took Devers way, de- way deep in my uh, in my uh, draft. I love uh, Devers this year. My, yeah, yeah. Nice bounce back. By the way, uh, we just got a, I got a notification about Vlad Guerrero Jr. He's uh, going to be out for three weeks. Uh, suffers a grade one oblique strain. So, Ooh, uh, hate obliques. Yeah. yeah. That means cause the problem with obliques is that even when he believes he's healthy, you really don't know until you let it go. You And it's so mm. easy to re-injure again. You test it with a I swing, guess the good, right? <laughs> yeah, how you else can you do it? You don't want to re-injure it. But you don't want to. It's, it's so. Uh, I guess the most thing, they'll soft course first and hope. It is very tricky. It's not good. It's probably mm-hmm. the worst. The injury I fear most for a baseball player is any kind of oblique. Uh, the good news for the Blue Jays is, uh, well, now at least they don't have to answer the questions of why you sent them down and how they, how they mm-hmm. wouldn't lie that it was because of, uh, you know, he needs to work on his defense, which granted he does. But uh, that was we all knew that was a lie to cover for the uh, – so they'll be able to keep him longer. Now, three weeks. That means he doesn't start hitting again until early April. The timeline may not change much if, if they're correct about the three weeks. And it takes him two weeks to get back in, uh, in form there. Mid-April is still a possibility here. So really, nothing may change that that way. But now there's more risk. Mm-hmm. And that's going to yeah. be I'm not listening. I, was, I wasn't drafting him anyway, Joe. But now, I do wonder if his ADP gets back to where it should be. Instead of, mm-hmm. you mentioned round three, round four. Maybe it's round six, round seven. I feel much more comfortable taking him there. He's a fun player to draft who has a lot of upside, but uh, with you, where he was going was a little too early for me. Uh, So, uh, I mean, I've only completed one draft. I have three more coming up, but uh, I didn't expect to to draft him based on his uh, where he was going. But uh, uh, three weeks uh, uh, with an oblique strain. So uh, we'll obviously be very uh, interested to see. Uh, what happens in terms of his uh, recuperation. So let's take a look at a couple of uh, second basemen that you could get after round 15. Jonathan Scope uh, is now with the Twins, second baseman. His ADP is 182. Uh, Steamer projects him for a 266 batting average, 22 home runs, 70 runs batted in. Uh, had an oblique. It's funny. He had an oblique injury last season. Uh, and then he had uh, a trade that uh, sent him over to the Brewers, which uh, didn't agree with him. But uh, uh, last year's BABIP was uh, 35 points below his career average. So uh, I think that this year, I mean, uh, his career Career average is a 258, so I think that he could bounce back a little bit. But what do you think about that uh, projection uh, of a bounce back for Jonathan Scope uh, for the uh, Twins? I'm on board. I'm on board. Mm-hmm. I think, man, listen, maybe the trade from Baltimore to Milwaukee, the first time he's ever been moved, uh, threw him off last year. Changing leagues, I think, is also a thing that hurts players sometimes. They're not used to the pitchers. Uh, I, said, I know this is the league play, but still, you don't see these guys all that often. So I think this played a part in it as well. So uh, yeah, I'm on board with Scope as a rebound here. Uh, listen, I'd rather have him as a middle infielder than a second baseman. You know, and mm-hmm. Minnesota's not the hitter's ballpark that he had in Camden or 
Milwaukee, but Minnesota's still decent. It is ballpark. It's not terrible. I like what the, you know, I wrote an article of uh, rebound candidates. And, man, there were a lot mm-hmm. of twins I wanted to put on this list. I didn't put Scope on it because <laughs> I wanted to put Buxton and Kepler on it. All right? So uh, I, I didn't want to fill, you know, it would have been, it been a rebound twins candidates more than a rebound candidates. But uh, I like Scope. I think, uh, once again, for a middle infielder, I think you're going to get 20-plus home runs, not 30. You know, I'm not, I'm not going off the deep end here, but I think he'll get 20-plus home runs. I think he's more comfortable back in the American League. Uh, I, at least I hope he is because I'm buying uh, I'm buying in here. I think you'll get a respectable average, not one the, not one that's going to hurt you, which is what I'm looking for here. Uh, he better 233 last year with uh, Baldwin Walker. He better 293 the year before that. I'm cutting the difference. You know, 267, right. 265, somewhere mm-hmm. in there. Hurts you technically, That's but right. not enough where I'm going to be worried about it. I'll take the home runs. I'll take the ribbies. No speed to count uh, to uh, worry about here. That's why he's a middle infielder, not a second baseman. We'll continue talking fantasy baseball strategy here at Roto Experts in the morning on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Roto Experts in the morning. Joe Galena, George Kurtz talking fantasy baseball with you. The Prince, Sean Angle producing our show. Remember to stay tuned. Weekend Fantasy Update with Cam Stewart and the aforementioned uh, George Kurtz. George, what's going on uh, with the show today? Well, I'm supposed to be more Antonio Brown uh, extravaganza. I'm uh, following Twitter and uh, Steeler fans, of course, trying to defend the trade. How it's a good deal. Yeah, good luck with that money. <laughs> you got a third and a fifth. All right, I can't see how that's a good deal there. Vladimir Guerrero is not going to be uh, a big news, right? Because he's out at least three weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. It's funny, Keith Law. Oh, uh, Keith Law is a, uh, a scout, and he's also a former assistant general manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, after hearing the news, he, he wrote, "How convenient." You know, what he's trying to say there is, no, maybe he's not as bad as people are making it out to be, but now this is the, the Blue Jays' excuse to keep him down, which, yeah, you know, it's conspiracy theory, but not one that I would throw out the door because I, I already mentioned it. Three weeks, puts him back April 1st, same timetable, mid-April. Funny how that works out. You know, and obliques generally can last longer than three weeks if it's a, a, a worse tear. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe there's something to it. Maybe there's not. Uh, but you would think, you wouldn't Vlad just come out and say, no, my oblique's fine, buddy. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> it'd be dangerous to tell, listen, can you lie about this because, you know, we want to keep you down? Why would the player mm-hmm. go along with that? I mean, what, what benefit does he have? You know, so, strange. 
But uh, that'll be big because, like I said, that has to affect his ADP. And this will be a heavy draft week. I don't think it'll be the busiest uh, draft week. I think that's going to be next week. Right, but it's starting as to, far as starting most to ramp up. Yeah. But it's starting to ramp up. Listen, mm-hmm. first game technically is 10 days away. Right? It's 10 mm-hmm. days away. Are you, you going to wake up and watch those games, Joe? I'm serious. Are you alarm? Uh, probably not. No, you? Yeah, me, me either. No, I'll I'll probably mm-hmm. record it and then uh, mm-hmm. I think they're on school day, so I'll wake up when I uh, at seven thirty when I wake up and get my daughter. I'll watch it uh, while they're getting mm-hmm. ready for school. But uh, to wake up, yeah, I, it'll probably I be on as I get ready five. to get start my day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm up early yeah, anyway. Five, you know, five thirty. I don't That's get up happening. at five, but yeah, like five forty-five. So I'll definitely, uh, it'll definitely be on in the background for some period of time. But uh, no, I won't if be. It was the Yankees. Uh, I might get up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, I'd like to see that. Uh, Yankees still a probably few years not. Ago, I think I still record uh, the game. Mm. Yeah, they played the Rays. Yeah, oh, you like God. that? It's probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably about ten years ago. Yeah, was it ten? Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I'm just guessing here. I mean, it may be longer. I don't know if I lived in this house when the Yankees played. I don't remember. I think I remember living in my apartment. Yeah. But uh, I could mm. be wrong about that. But uh, even for the Yankees, I'm probably not getting up. I would just record the game. You, know, you don't watch any social media. You won't find anything out. So it should right, be right. good. Right, right. But uh, uh, making up, I, I don't know. I'm not positive what time these games stop. I know usually in the past they were around 5, 530, uh, somewhere around there. I, just, I find that weird. Why baseball couldn't? What is Japan about twelve hours ahead of us? I'm not hundred percent sure, at, but they definitely are ahead. They're they're about twelve hours. I know my wife's Filipino. Mm-hmm. I know they're twelve hours ahead. So I assume okay. Japan's in the same time zone there. Close, but why, I wonder why mm-hmm. they. Why wouldn't you start the game at seven their time and seven a.m. our time? Wouldn't that be better? What do they want the games over before rush hour, before nine? Do they really think people are waking up early? I and mean, think about that. I don't get the logic behind that. I like to hear well, why baseball does that. You would think starting the game at 7, 8, all right, people are going to work, but at least they can listen to the game on the radio, you know, and just they social right. media on your phones, we could watch the game easy and or follow it. So uh, a little strange that uh, ESPN, that uh, baseball starts it when they when they do. And I said ESPN, I think they're, they're probably covering the games. It's not like they would want the game on at 5. Their ratings can't be all that great either. <laughs> Come on, baseball, snap out of it. <laughs> um, so we were talking uh, some uh, late round uh, power guys or guys that could uh, steal some bases for you. We'll get to that. But uh, you mentioned Byron Buxton as a, a uh, rebound candidate because we were talking uh, Jonathan Scope. What do you think about uh, what Buxton's doing and Lewis Brinson? Uh, Buxton, uh, actually, when you look at his uh, draft, uh, he's uh, well, Brinson, his ADP is 461 uh, for the Marlins. And uh, Buxton, I think he's like in in the in the 170 range, uh, both top uh, prospects uh, both have disappointed, but at least uh, Buxton has had some uh, success. Uh, you know, he had that uh, 2017 season where he hit 16 home runs, 29 stolen bases, 253. Always had the great glove, which uh, kept him in the lineup. Right, uh, we we know he can feel with the best of them. Uh, which in some ways is worrisome because he crashes into walls, dives, and you worry about injuries there. Uh, right. You mentioned, I mean, he's had some success, sort of. I mean, in mm-hmm. 17, he hit, uh, what, uh, 16 home runs, 51 ribbies, uh, 29 stolen bases, bat at 253. That's some success. Listen, if you're drafting bucks, then it's pretty simple. You're going for the stolen bases. Anything else you get is gravy. You know, he hits you 16, 20 home runs, you're thrilled. All right, if he does that, hey, mm-hmm. that's fantastic. But you're looking for the stolen bases. And I, from my, I know for me, stolen bases is the hardest category for me to fill. Every year mm-hmm. I have the same problem. 
I don't like paying for it. I don't like drafting a D. Gordon or Billy Hamilton just to steal me bases. It's why, you know, if I have a middle pick in the first round, between that five and eight range, I'm on board with drafting Trey Turner. You know, I'm getting a great player who does more than steal bases, and I've solved my stolen base problem. Not that Trey Turner Mm alone is going to win it for me. He's not, but he almost assures me being a top three. Right. He almost assures me being top three, top five. And if I had one other guy, you know, decent guy, I'll, I keep moving up. And I don't have to draft. I don't have to worry about, you know, drafting an eighth-round pick on Hamilton, sixth-round on D. Gordon, mm-hmm. who I know that's all they do. They had nothing else. You know, so that's why I'm on board with drafting Trey Turner. I've, I've done it uh, in, uh, I think, the one live league, uh, one of the live leagues I've played in, I've, I've drafted him. And I'm very happy to have done that because now I don't have to worry about stolen bases or trading for it during the year. It's easier to find power than it is to find steals. You know, baseball has mm-hmm. changed. They're not baseball is just not running as much. It's the old sabermetrics thing, and out is too important. You know, unless you're successful, about eighty percent of the time, most teams don't like you to run. Not as not just to steal a base. Hit and runs are a little different, things like that. But as far as straight steals, they really like you to be successful eighty percent of the time. That's the number where they think it's worth the risk of an out. So it, like mm-hmm. I say, it's it's dangerous. It's just dangerous for me when it comes to stolen bases. It's they're hard to find. Uh, so I'm very careful. And Buxton is a player. Listen, we start five outfielders. I mean, you mentioned you're in 15-team leagues. That's 75 outfielders right there. Listen, there are, there are 30 yep. baseball teams, three outfielders. That's 90 outfielders. We're starting 75. And not every team has three starters. A lot of teams have platoons somewhere. I don't think there are 75 starting outfielders in baseball. So I'm more than willing to take a shot at Buxton. We need the outfielders anyway. We're all going to have a bad outfielder or two, especially in 15-team leagues. So you might as well take a chance on a guy who could at least solve your stolen base problems if – I shouldn't say solve, but he can go a long way to helping your stolen base problems if he can figure it out this year. I don't need him. To, I'm not drafting him to be a superstar. I'm not drafting him to be a superstar. He's gonna figure, oh, he's gonna, he is going to hit 20 home runs, bat 280, and steal 40 bases. No, I'm, I'm not drafting for that. I'm hoping. <laughs> Once again, it's the average that doesn't crush me. So he bats 253 again. Mm, I'm not thrilled about it, but I can live with that. Steal me 35, 40 bases. You know, hit me in the teens and home runs. I'll take it and run. For where I'm drafting you, for what I'm expecting, I will take that and run. I think if you're asking anything more, you're kidding yourself. Now, if you, like I said, if you think he's going to be an MVP candidate and hit 20-plus home runs, bat 280, and steal 60 bases, well, good luck with that. But when, when I do my little penciling in, when I do my minuses or what I think he's going to do, it's not that. It's not even close to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's take a look at uh, a couple of the guys that you could get later rounds that might give you some steals. Uh, Steamer projection for Garrett Hampson. Uh, we talked about the Rockies before. His ADP is uh, like 197 or so, uh, according to NFBC. Uh, Steamer has him at a 291 batting average, five home runs, 32 runs better than, and 15 steals. But they have him as a part-time player. Now, this is a dangerous situation because uh, you're still getting him you know, a little later in drafts, but you, we talked about uh, the battle between him and Ryan McMahon uh, with the Rockies. So, uh, you know, you might get the 15 steals, might get 20 steals. He's got he's got amazing speed, but the thing is, he's going to get enough at-bats. Could be platooned. The Rockies are so ass-backwards in how they do how they do things. They, they really are. McMahon's your first base, now you're moving him to second base. How the hell is this going to work out? How, is he, he going to be any kind of defensive player? I mean, at all? I mean, uh... <laughs> I don't even know. I'd say that I find this is an interesting little situation. I don't. I think it's. Just, I think it's just. I think it's asinine. You know, I mm. this. I would have never signed Murphy. I would have just played Hampson a second, McMahon at first. There you go. Move on. You know, you solve two problems. You don't spend all the money you spent on Murphy. You, you can load up on some pitching. Maybe you could have kept out the Vino. 
which would have been nice for them to keep him. So I, I just think it was uh, it's crazy what they're doing here. I read the same way you do. I think it will be some kind of platoon. Maybe Hampson wins out because McMahon can't field the ground ball, has no range, you know, can't turn a double play, whatever it might be. You know, I, just, just to say, uh, yes, yeah, so you play first, yeah, go play second. Uh, we'll, we'll give you a shot there. It doesn't work that way. It truly doesn't work that way in baseball. Maybe he's a great athlete and he'll be able to figure it out, but I have my doubts here. Uh, but I think he's going to cut into enough of Hampson's playing time. Best case scenario now is really a middle infielder. You know, because I once again, mm-hmm. he's a guy I look at late because I want those stolen bases. You know, any anybody who steals double digit stolen bases is of interest to me because I know in most leagues I'm going to be struggling there. I'm going to be looking for it. I think Hanson played every day. You know, he played 140 games. I think he steals 25, 30. But well, what they're going to do to him? I mean, I think you have to look for half that and hope he wins out on that platoon here. So I have, I probably like him more than I like McMahon, even though I think McMahon's a better player. But I just don't, I don't think McMahon's going to uh, succeed at second base. He'll need first base to come into, uh, to come into play for him. And does Daniel Murphy get hurt? Because I know Murphy's going to hit, so he's not going to lose the job because he can't hit. And he'll field well enough at first to keep the job, so he's hoping for an injury there. I said, I, I don't, under, the last couple of years, I have not understood really anything the Rockies have done. Yeah, they, they I agree with you. Puzzling, puzzling. Watch him bring back cargo uh, and screw over David Dahl, too. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. They love cargo, right? Uh, shortstop that could give you some stolen bases, Qantas Themer. Uh, I, I like this guy, and you talked about the Twins being an interesting team. Jorge Polanco, uh, 214 ADP. Steamer has him for a 272 batting average, 14 home runs, uh, 16 stolen bases. Yeah, I mean, if after the 15th round, getting, uh, you know, double-digit home runs and stolen bases, yeah, I'll take that as my middle infielder. So will I. Uh, once again, yeah. when, when you're in your later round, when you're in the later rounds, you know, you mentioned round 15, whatever it might be that he goes, you should be looking to fill categories. Yeah, if mm-hmm. you need stolen bases, you said it. He's probably, on, on a full season, he's probably going to steal 15, 16 bases. There you go. He's your middle infielder. It's really that simple. You know, I'll say it again. This is this is why you need to do what I said earlier. Where you minus, you know, hey, two hundred. I have three hundred thirty home runs. I already have too many home runs. Don't draft the middle infield who's going to hit more home runs but steal no bases for you. If you already have enough to win that category, and what are you doing? And you look for the other categories you need to fill. Generally, that'd be speed or average. You know, that's the, that's what you're worried about. So you got to look for those kind of guys. So you need to fill a complete team. You get no extra points by winning your home run category by one hundred and twenty. You know, it's right. same. You're going to get same. 12, 15 points, whatever size league you're in. That's it. You know, so that's why I'm very careful with that, not to overload at any one position because it won't help me any. Now, unless I get right. a trade. You, you can look at it that way if you want to look at a trade, sure. But most teams, once again, and especially in more competitive leagues, you know, I look at Joe Galena. Oh, Joe has all these home run guys. He can't use them all. I'm not going to offer him full price. That's the problem. You're not going to get full price for those players. I'm going to know that Joe has to get rid of one. You know, so I'll offer him 75 cents on the dollar to get that player. You know, so that's the way it works a lot. And listen, I've known guys in leagues who have drafted multiple players at the same position because they think, oh, I'll be able to trade and work out. It almost never works out. Yeah, exactly. Trading's hard yeah. to do in the first place. No one likes to trade anymore, mm-hmm. Joe. I mean, everyone's afraid that I know. You know, people like you and I are going to criticize the trade and say you're an idiot. So no one deals at all. And to assume it's, you're going to be able to deal because you're going to draft, you know, four second basemen and you'll be able to draft, uh, you'll be able to trade one to somebody for full price or more than full price to someone who doesn't have a second baseman. Yeah, good luck with that. Let me know how it works out for you. Generally, it doesn't. 
And they're certainly not right away. They'll the, the other team will try the waiver wire first, see if they can find somebody there. So I said I prefer just to make sure I have a well-rounded team. Uh, that's not to say there, there won't be times where I have a lot at one position. It just worked out that way. Uh, but I, later rounds, I am looking to fill categories. What am I short of? What do I need? And like I said, it's almost always speed, average, pitching. It usually saves. Mm-hmm. Power you usually by by the end of your draft. You think you're you're in decent shape because I was going to mention Randall Grichik, uh, two forty seven ADP might be a little bit of a drain. You know, hopefully you've by by let's say if you realize by uh, you know the later rounds of your draft and you, you you know you're missing out on some power. Hopefully you've uh, drafted enough average guys where maybe a guy like Grichik won't kill you too much because Steamer has him at a two forty seven batting average, has him at 30 home runs and 85 runs batted in. Uh, this guy's also had a problem staying on the field as well. But uh, pick ADP 247 and 30 home runs. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, I'm not buying it. Karachuk's uh, another guy with and I've had him in a uh, – I've had him in a league, a league or two, mm-hmm. and so I've been. And with we've him. dropped him you know, too, right? Get, <laughs> right? He gets, gets hurt. He doesn't really play. Yeah. Uh, Steve is being very nice to what he can do. Uh, he, he did a twenty-five prize last year. Yes, did, but he only drove. But he seen a lot of solo jobs, and he comes with an average that mm-hmm. hurts. Now, me personally, you asked me, am I looking for home runs late? No, generally I'm not. Generally, I take care of that early. That's the, that's how I do it. Right. You know, that's how right, my right. drafts tend to go. And I think a lot of people are like that because you're judging the best players. Mm-hmm. They're generally the ones with the home runs. So uh, I generally don't have a problem with power. For me, it's almost always speed. I mean, almost always speed. Mm-hmm. I can I, I can guarantee myself almost every draft. That's where my issue is. That's why I'm I'm trying to change it up this year. Eh, trade turn if I have that five to eight, and I don't really know who to go. Listen, you got a gift in getting JD, JD Martinez at twelve. I don't I have no idea why yes. he lasted that yeah. long in your league, uh, unless he's DH only. Then I can sort of see it. I thought about trading him, no, uh, taking him at number five in my latest league, but he was DH only in that league, so I didn't pull a trick at five with mm-hmm. Arenado instead. But uh, like I said, I, I, unless I take care of my speed with Trey Turner, I know me personally, that's what I'm looking for. And you need to know that in your draft. How do you draft? You should know. By you, I mean the player, not necessarily Joe Galena. Yeah, you yeah, should know yeah. what you're yeah. usually short on. And I'm usually short on speed. Mm-hmm. That's where I have to look. Yeah. Well, these guys, uh, last two guys I'll just mention in the less than one minute. Cedric Mullins, 309 ADP, starting center fielder for the Orioles. A steamer has him for 13 home runs, 13 stolen bases, having a tough spring, but uh, supposedly the center fielder's job is his to lose. And another guy that would drain your batting average, though, is uh, Kevin Kiermeyer, uh for the Rays, 291 ADP. Uh, they have him at 238 batting average, 13 home runs, 17 stolen bases. So the, both those guys kind of drain your uh, your average. So, But, uh, hey. So stay tuned for a weekend fantasy update. You got George Kurtz. With Cam Stewart, they'll be uh, picking winners for you all day. Want to want to thank uh, Sean Engel for doing a great job producing our show. Thank you to listen for listening. Roto experts in the morning fantasy sports radio network weekend fantasy update is next.